Happy New Year out there. Good to see you guys here the first Sunday of 2019. We're excited about this coming year and all that God has in store for us at Ignite Church. If you're a guest, we're so glad you're with us today. We want to ask you a favor. Hopefully you saw our guest cart out there near the doors and got some materials then. You have a yellow Connect card in that packet. If you could pull that out now, that'd be great. If you didn't happen to go by the cart, there's a yellow cart in front of you, and there's pins in front of you there as well. Please grab that. And we have a favor to ask guests. Would you please fill out your contact info on the front of that card? That will help us know who was with us today. And it means so much to us to know you were here. If you'll fill out that contact info, all we'll do is send you an email. We promise that is all we'll do this week with your info. Now, as our way of saying thank you to you for doing that, we want to give you a gift. So after the service, take your completed uh, Connect card out the door and take it to the cart, and they'll give you a gift in exchange for your completed info. So guests, thank you for doing that. You could be doing it right now as I go on with our uh, few announcements. Uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have Ignite Essentials. This is an after-the-second-service class where we have lunch provided and child care if needed. And we take a little while to talk about our church and how you can become more involved in our church, how you can join our church officially. There's no pressure or arm twisting that day, but it's just information and opportunities for you. So that's in two weeks, and we need to prepare for that. We need to prepare uh, to have the food and child care if needed, so we need you to sign up. You can do that in two ways, on the app or on our website, and you go to the Join the Community button, and under that you'll see the Ignite Essentials class. So if you'll sign up for that, we've got some folks already signed up. We're excited about it, and you can come and enjoy that time with us as well. Now, on February 3rd, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. And after yesterday and the Texans, I don't know about you, but I need a party. So anyway, just, and then the Cowboys won. That just made it worse, you know. Anyhow, picture the big game on this big screen with big sound. I mean, it's going to be great. And so that's on February 3rd. We're going to clear out chairs in the middle section and tell you to bring lawn chairs. And we're just going to have a great party together. So that's on Sunday evening, February 3rd. I hope you'll plan to join us for that. We believe in giving here at Ignite Church, and there's a few ways you can do that. There's boxes near the doors where you can give cash or a check. You can put that in an envelope if you want to. Those white envelopes are in front of you. Also, you can give safely and securely online and through our app. And so we just uh, always want to say how much we appreciate your generosity because of your giving. We're able to do wonderful things both here locally in our community and around the world. Guys, I want you to hear today that your giving matters. Your giving matters. You make a difference in your generosity. And thank you so much for that. Now, if you're a guest here today, please, we don't want you to feel any pressure to give. Unless you just have to, then that's okay. We'll, we'll take it. But we really just want you to be able to relax and enjoy this morning as our gift to you, okay? All right, we are beginning a new series to kick off this new year. It's entitled Uphill Habit. Y'all check this out. know that your habits make you who you are? 
that we are a product of the habits that we have in our lives. And so uh, what we've noticed is that most people have uphill hopes. Most people have hope for a better future, a better year coming up in 2019. Most people have uphill hopes, but unfortunately have downhill habits. They want to go up, but their habits pull them down because they're not uphill habits that help them get up the hill. Some people just have hope, but no strategy. Well, hope itself is not a strategy. It just gets you started. We've got to have a strategy. Now, in this series, we want to be real upfront and honest with you guys. This is a challenging series. The things we're going to talk about are not necessarily easy, but they're really important and they really make a difference, okay? So they're, they're not necessarily easy, but it's so important to understand this, that for us to have uphill habits, habits in our life that will help us go higher in life, it requires us to be deliberate and intentional. We have to have a deliberate and intentional strategy in order to get more up the hill in our lives. Now, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. Everything worthwhile is above us and beyond us, and we have to get there somehow. It takes some effort, but the good news is you're not on your own. God wants you to go uphill. He wants your life to be better. He wants to bless you. He wants to be more and more real in your life. So today and the next three Sundays coming in January, we're going to be talking about uphill habits, habits that can help us go uphill in life and not drag us downhill. Now, you might be thinking, Ed, been there, done that. Didn't work for me. I mean, I've tried to make New Year's resolutions, and I've tried to change, and blah, and it's okay. You're normal. That's most people's experience. But the good news is you're not on your own. God wants to help you. God really wants to help you get up this hill. I'm convinced that God wants 2019 to be the best year in our lives, the best year in our church, the best year in our community. And as we'll do life his way, I think we'll really see a difference. Now, we have a theme scripture for the series. Let me read this theme scripture for you from Romans chapter 12. Here's what the Apostle Paul said to the folks in Rome. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. At the beginning of this verse, we see that the key to all this, that the answer to everything starts with God. And so Paul's telling these guys, fix your focus on God. Let it be on him. Let him be the major focus of your life. And then the result is what we have at the end of this paragraph, that there develops in us a well-formed maturity. We grow up. We get stronger. Our life gets better because we're letting God work in our lives because we're fixing our attention on him. So how does God develop this well-formed maturity? Besides just looking at him, what, what does he do to develop this maturity in our life? Well, he uses uphill habits. He uses habits to develop our life and to help us mature. Now, to uh, get ready for this, we need to have some groundwork, okay? Here's three things that are very important to help us kick off this year and take the journey God has for us. First off, you need hope for the future. Hope for the future. On one hand, we said earlier, hope itself isn't a strategy, but you can't have any future that uphill and that gets blessed if you don't have hope at all. 
And, and I want to recognize today to just for us just to be honest and say, you know, some of us are, are hopeless. You know, some of us, life's been rough. Some of us dreams have, have collapsed. Some of us have gotten terrible news, maybe even over the holidays, and, and you've lost hope. Well, there's a great verse that speaks to us. God spoke to his people when they were a nation that was oppressed by another nation. They were enslaved, and God gave them this promise through his prophet named Jeremiah. Let's look at what we see in the book of Jeremiah. This is God speaking now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Guys, if you're here today brokenhearted, you feel like you're hopeless, God wants to do just that. He wants to give you hope and a future. As a matter of fact, I just want to pause for a second and pray real quick. Would you bow with me? God, we pray for folks who've come in the door just dragging because there's something in their life that's just so disappointed and broken their heart and they're feeling hopeless. God, I pray right now you begin to just put that seed of hope in their heart. And by the time they leave this property today, Lord, they'd be better and they'd realize that they are getting fresh hope. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the next thing we need to do is to move on from the past. We need to move on from the past. Paul wrote to uh, some friends in the city of Philippi, and look what he said to these guys. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. He was, you could say, the man of his day in the early church. God used Paul to start churches all around the Mediterranean world. God used Paul to write them letters that were inspired by God's Holy Spirit that have become our Bible. Paul wrote this, and it was God speaking to us, and it became our Bible. And yet Paul, this super Christian, you could say, he said, hey, here's how I live. I forget what's behind me. I don't focus there. I focus on what's ahead. And I know I'm not all the way up the hill. I love how he says, I'm pressing on. I think he was a man always leaning forward, you know. And so we've got to move on from the past because of this. If we keep focusing on the past, this gets to be my direction. This is all I'm about because of this pain or this sorrow. And I'm not here to minimize your pain or sorrow. I've been there, done that. It's hard. But if we stay focused there... We never get there, okay? So we got to move on from the past. Next, we got to kick excuses off of the hill. Kick them off the hill. For a mountain climber, he gets halfway up a mountain and starts making excuses. Oh, I don't know. This is harder than I thought, and I'm not feeling it today. It, it, he, you know he's not going to make it to the top. He's got to go back down, isn't he? Well, we as a culture are great at making excuses. I, I know I can be pretty good about excuses, pretty bad, I guess, about excuses. But here's the deal. Excuses kill your climb going uphill. When I say, well, I know this is what God wants, but blah, 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 and I give myself an excuse. We've got to say, no more excuses. Why don't you say that out loud with me? Go. No more excuses. We need to say that to ourselves. We need to really take that to heart. Look at what... Um, happened with Jesus. He's talking to a crowd, and some of them are saying, Jesus, I get it. I, I want to follow you. Can I be one of your disciples and follow you? So in that conversation, he has a specific conversation with one guy. Look at this. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. 
He's saying, I want to follow you, but would you excuse me to my excuse? <laughs> would it be okay if I did what I want first? And look at Jesus. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward look. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Today's the day, guys. No more excuses. Seize the day for your life to be even better. You may have had a great 2018, but God's got an even better 2019. I promise you that. So what's the first habit? We said there's four. The first habit is to establish what comes first, to establish what comes first in my life. This principle of priority or first things is throughout the Bible, and it is so important because whatever is first in your life is going to direct your life. It's going to control your life. It's going to set the agenda for your life. It's going to determine where you spend your energy and your time and your resources. The first things have power in our lives. They get our focus. They get our attention. They direct. And they organize our life. So how do I master this habit of establishing what comes first? Here we go. First off, put God first. Put God first. Obviously, he should be first. He was speaking to his people. And at the time, they were surrounded by countries who worshiped foreign gods and idols and stuff. And so in that context... God gives them his commandment, and he says this. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And so they had pagan gods that people around them worship. Today we don't have that so much, but put it in this context. You shall have no other passions, greater loves than me. You might be uh, a... Uh, big fan of the Texans, but if you're more than depressed for more than a couple days after yesterday, you may love the Texans a little too much. That's what we're talking about, our loves, our passions. You're thinking, oh, I'm thinking two weeks of depression, and I got issues. Well, it might sound like God's on an ego trip. Let's just be honest. You know, nothing else before me. I get first place. That, That may sound like he's on an ego trip, but it's really just the opposite. He's saying, put me first for your sake. For your sake, this is for us. This is allowing the strongest, smartest, greatest, most powerful being who's ever lived, God himself, to be first in my life, to guide my life. It just makes such a difference. Now, I need to make a strong statement here, okay? Y'all get ready. Here it comes. If you think you have God in your life, but he's not first in your life, then he may not really be in your life at all. You think you have God in your life, but he's not first? He might not really be in your life. A lot of people play with God, and I don't mean to criticize people, but sometimes people just, well, if I go to church a little, I do this a little bit, whatever. God's not really in your life. God will only take first place in our life. I'm just going to talk Texan, okay? I just love using ain't and all that stuff. God ain't no second fiddle player. Years ago, there was a a popular bumper sticker I saw on cars, and it said, God is my co-pilot. And I appreciate the sentiment. Someone's trying to, you know, refer to God in their life. But I'm here to tell you, God ain't never been nobody's co-pilot. If God's not the pilot, he's not on the plane. It's strong, but it's true. We just, we just got to deal with it. And why would God be so hard on this? Well, here's the deal. He requires to be first because he first gave us his first and only son. He took the initiative towards us. He put us first and our needs first. He models for us what he wants us to do as well. He wants us to put him first 
because in his heart, he put you first and me first. So Christianity isn't defined by just going to church and stuff. It's about the fact that God has first priority in my life. He is what I am all about. And I believe that 2019 is a year for us to really put God first in our life. Now, I want to break that down further. What's it look like? We give God the first of everything. You know, to make him first in my life means it's everything he has. He is first. Now, in the Bible, there's this principle about giving, and it's called tithing. And the idea here is that we give God the first 10% of our income. We give that to him. Well, well, let me tell you something. The command to tithe is not so the church can pay the bills or we can support missions and do these cool things we get to do. That's not the primary purpose of you tithing. The primary purpose is for your sake. God wants to bless you. Look at this promise here in Deuteronomy chapter 14. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. So when I'm tithing, I'm saying, God, you get the first 10%, and I'm trusting you to bless the 90%. I mean, I'm putting you first. And so doing that helps us keep God first. And this tithing, this first 10%, this first thing, it's not just about money. It's about our whole life our whole heart. So let's let's break this down a little further, okay? We want to give God the first of my time, the first of my time. You know, most of us have jobs and a lot of our time is set, but most of us have a good bit of free time and discretionary time. How do you spend that? Do you ever think about, well, God, what do you want me to do with this afternoon I have or whatever? Is God in charge of my time? And here's the most important aspect of that is he in the middle of the first of my day. Does God have the first of my day? You probably know that the first few minutes of the day are the most important. They set the tone and the direction for your day. So here's a good challenge for 2019. If you haven't, if you don't have this habit strong in your life of putting time at the beginning of your day with God, here's a, a good plan for you, okay? Give God at least the first 15 minutes of your day, every day, for a week, for a month, for a year. First 15 minutes. And I want to break it down, five, five, five for you. Five minutes, read the Bible. You can easily find plenty of Bible reading plans to, you know, get you through the Bible and help you understand it. Then about five minutes in worship. And I want to suggest two ways to worship God on your own. Number one, these songs we sing, I've never tried to find one on YouTube so that I could sing along with it during the week. I mean, so much of the worship is easy to find on YouTube. Or I can use that book in the middle of the Bible called the Psalms. And as I use those, those are so much focusing on God and praising God so I can worship for a few minutes. And then finally, pray for a few minutes. Just talk to God. I read recently a, an author talking about prayer, and he said, sometimes prayer is crisis screaming at God, oh, God, help me. Be real. Or sometimes, you know, there's no big crisis, and it's more like, God, uh, uh, what, what do you got for me today? Uh I've been concerned about this, God. What, what do you think about this? And Lord, what, would you do this? It, it can be just very casual. But the critical element is that prayer is real prayer. You really are connecting to God and giving him those first 15 minutes. I'm telling you, if you don't have this habit in your life, it will change your life. And as far as habits go, you know how long psychologists tell us we've got to do something to the, for it to become a good, solid habit? Just 30 days. They say 30 days of doing something makes that brain crease so deep in your brain that it becomes natural. You'll wake up looking for your Bible and not even have to think about it. So first 15 minutes of my day. 
And then the next thing is the first of my money. I mentioned it earlier. God gets the first 10% of my income so he can bless the rest. And then finally, this is a really big deal. The first of my considerations, whatever I have to consider in my life, whatever decisions I might have to make, whatever issues are going on with me, whether it's good or bad, challenges, problems, or wonderful opportunities, do you have the mentality that, God, what do you want in this? Is, is God your default? Is, do you default to God? What do you say about this? God, what do I do about this? Oftentimes, there's direct, clear direction for us in the Bible. Lots of good stuff that's real direct and clear. But sometimes, we're needing what the Bible calls wisdom. And this area, God, I don't have a Bible verse telling me to do this exact thing, so help me out, Lord. And you pray and you think, and the whole assumption is, God, I want your way. I want your will. You're first in all my decisions and all my considerations. So let's say you do that. You let God be the first of your time and your day and your money and all your decisions. You know, so where are you at? Where, where are you left in doing that and living like that way? Does that just help you think, well, I bet I'm impressing God now. You know, he, he, he's going to see this and he's going to bless me or uh, I sure hope he pays attention. Is, is that where we're left? No. As a matter of fact, God wants you to expect him to do something in return. Let me say that again. God wants us to expect him to bless the rest of our lives when we give him first place. Look at this scripture from Proverbs chapter 3. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So put him first in everything, right? And then specifically in this context, it's about money. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with new wine. You will be blessed. God will bless the rest. And so I want to tell you, for many decades in my life, I've expected God to do things. And so often he's come through or done something better. He wants us to believe that he really is involved in this. He's not just wanting our stuff or our heart or our time. Okay, good. You can do that. He's like, great. Now let me bless you. Let me bless you. When I give God the first of me, of everything in me, look at this. He multiplies the rest. God doesn't just give you back a little blessing for giving him time in the morning or whatever. He wants to multiply that. It happens in our time that, for me, when I have time with God in the morning, my whole day just seems to flow so much smoother. It seems to slow down, and, and I can think and make good decisions and see things coming. Just by spending time with God in the morning, he multiplies the rest of my day. He multiplies my money so I have more money to use. He he multiplies my thoughts and my um, decision-making process where I make better and better decisions more and more consistently. Why? Because I'm putting him first, and he is multiplying blessing back into my life. Let me tell you a story. Uh, I hope everybody had the most perfect, awesome, wonderful Christmas holiday season ever. Every now and then that happens, right? But usually it's not quite perfect. Well, mine was like that. I mean, there were some highlights to my holiday. It was so sweet. I, I've mentioned my grandbaby Olive, right? Once, okay, all right. Just, just want to be sure. Well, last Sunday she was here, and she was just toddling around the back of the church. It was great. So that was a big highlight for me personally. Well, on the other hand, last Tuesday night, my daughter Rachel uh, she's visiting us from California. She had some college friends who lived in Corpus Christi, and they wanted to hook up and go to Houston and then to Waco to be with their old college buddies. 
And so the plan was Rachel was going to go to Port Lavaca, and her friend's mom was going to bring her from Corpus Christi to Port Lavaca, and then they were going to come back and do what I said. Well, while Rachel is driving her mom's car on I-35 west, you know, towards Markham, she's going 70 miles an hour in the left lane of the highway. She has a contest, and her contest was between my wife's little car and a big hog on the highway. And uh, she had a collision contest. Let, let me show you how it turned out. First, the hog. Let, let's pick out the hog. Yeah, hog didn't do so good. Okay. What next? Mmm, car didn't do so good either. If you look close, it is total. It's ugly. The good news is Rachel's fine. Two airbags came up, and, and she all she remembers is the airbag. She didn't remember even hitting this hog. And so, boy, you love getting that call, don't you, parents? Uh Mom, I'm in a car wreck, but I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. You know, she said it 20 times, and we're like, ah. Well, uh, she's okay, and, and I love the fact that picture, she took it, and she asked the highway patrolman, would you please shine your flashlight on this hog so I can take a picture of it? I mean, the girl might be living in California, but she's still a Texas girl at heart. Isn't that good? So we show up, and, and you know, obviously that's a very traumatic thing, but everything's cool, and so... Uh, she went on and ended up still doing what she wanted, just had some other friends' cars involved. But it left me with a situation. I'm down a car, and we really need that car for my wife and other things, and so I need to replace that car. Well, if you've ever had a car totaled, you know the drill. You have your insurance, so there's your deductible that comes off of what they're going to pay, and then they're going to pay you what they think the car's worth, which often isn't near what it really is worth, but that's just how insurance goes, right? So I fully expect to be well short of the money I'll need to replace just a similar car, similar age, whatever, for my wife. And so, like you may have experienced as well, I'm, I'm going to be out a big chunk of change. But here's the deal. I'm not a bit concerned about the money. Not one bit. And here's why. I already got it. I already got the money I need for an emergency. Because... We have put God first in our money for a lifetime. God has blessed our finances. We make a pretty good salary now between me and my wife, but it hadn't always been that way by far. But because we put him first, we've never been hungry, never missed a bill. And we've even made progress in recent years. We are out of debt. That car, I'm not going to have to keep making payments on a totaled car. It was already paid for. My house this last year got paid for. And we were able to put money in that very important emergency fund everybody should have. So I'll get that check from the insurance, I'll take the deductible off of it, it'll be less than that, you know, and then I'll just take the money I need and boom, going to buy a car and you know what, the next day or two after I get that next car, this will be a memory I'll probably forget. It's so free, so free God wants us to be in our finances if we put him first. All because in our lives, for 40 years, the Webbin family by the blessing of God, has lived off of less than 90% of our income. And God's blessed because he's that multiplier. He has been blessing the rest in us for a long time. So I have a question. What would your life look like if you began to put God first in everything, your time, your energy, your money, your decisions? What would it look like? What would it look like if you said, okay, I'm going to try for a week. Come on, God, help me out. I, I want to get you first for a week. What would it look like if you did it a month? Remember what we said about a month, that forms a habit stronger. What about for 
12 months. What about for this year? What would your life look like? Well, I can tell you this much about it. If you do this, you will be farther up the hill of life. You will be into greater blessing in your life. You will be closer to God in your life if you'll do this. Now, the flip side is also true. If you don't, chances are your life will slide back down to itself. And everybody loses out. You lose out because your life isn't as blessed as God wants it to be. People you love and care about lose out because you're not the person that could do things and bless them as much as you could be. Everybody loses out. So you've got a choice. You've got a choice. Am I going to put God first in my life or not? We're about to pray and be dismissed. And I want to remind you of a couple things before we do that. First off, we'll have prayer teams up here on the right and left. And it, it could be a very appropriate thing to come up and say, you know what, I want to try to do what Ed's doing. I want to try to put God first. Pray for me. And man, they'd love to pray for you about God first in your life. Uh, so prayer teams are up here. And also just to remind you how to give on the app or uh, near the doors. Okay? Y'all stand. Now, I want to pray. And I want to pray with two groups. So y'all bow your heads with me if you would, please. First, I want to pray with you. If you're a person that says, you know, Ed, I, I'm that guy you talked about earlier. I, I, I realize, I know it, but God's not really in my life. I've kind of kind of just done whatever. But I get it today. I get it that God loves me and Jesus died for my sin and has faith in my heart to believe him to come into my life. I believe some of you are there right now. So I want to pray like I'm you. I'm going to pray a prayer. And in your heart and in your mind, you pray this to God. And if you mean business with him, he means business with you. This is dead serious for him because his son died so your sins could be forgiven. And so I want to pray like I'm you. And if you do pray this prayer when we dismiss in a second, grab that green card from the chair, fill it out, and drop it in the boxes near the door so we will know about your great decision and follow up with you. So here we go. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, God, for putting me first in your heart. And today, I want to enter into your family. I say, God, please forgive me for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Become my guide, my boss, my best friend. I want you first, now and forever. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we pray for the rest of us. God, we just all admit, including this guy who's talking right now, Lord, that it's not always easy to keep you first. But, boy, we sure have learned by experience that it sure is wonderful when we do. So, God, I pray for the rest of us that starting today, you would be first afresh in our lives. Lord, I pray tomorrow morning that everybody in here would spend at least 15 minutes with you and begin that habit if it's not already solid in their lives. Lord, this year, we want to go up the hill of life further than we've ever been. And we thank you that that's your will. You promised to help us. Lord, bless these folks, I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys, and Happy New Year.